This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicago First podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. So in, in terms of like how it's going to be heard, uh, are they going to be broken up? Or are they going to be together? Like, Are we in direct conversation with, with his? Are going to be talking about stuff he said? Yo, you can talk about it. I mean... Okay. The interviews are going to go up back to back. Okay. Okay. So it's like it. I was so. I mean, we're 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 going to start it here. Like a different day. Yeah. No. 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 I like it. I like it to feel like it's one thing. Like I grew up reading comics, and like if I'm reading Batman 492, and they're like, "Oh, check out Batman 491 for what happened that Mm -hmm. he's talking about." Like I'm like, "Oh, cool. I know that." (laughs) So yeah, if you guys mentioned like the Mellow interview, somebody can go back and listen to the previous episode and check out Mellow. So there we go, man. but kicking it off, sitting here now for the second interview of the night with the Ergo Radio team. Thank you guys for coming up. We have Damon Williams and Daniel Kissing- Kiss- Kisslinger. Good. You got it. There we go. <laughs> Man, I've known him for like, what, seven years now? It's, I just figured out how to say his last name. Like last Dude, I get it. Like, May. My I name. Stopped, I stopped correcting people when uh, one time they asked me the right way to pronounce it, and I pronounced it wrong. <laughs> and then I just I was like, whatever you can come up with. It's like that I great Zach Galifianakis bit where he's like, my name is Zach Galifianakis. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome, man. Thank you guys both for coming up, though, tonight. Happy I really to appreciate it. Thank happy you to be here. Us. Thank you for, for doing this, man. Happy to be here. Uh, following up after the homie Mello. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I am the biggest pivot advocate yeah, uh, I'm, I'm trying to like sneak sneak my way into the team. I don't know the handshake <laughs> or nothing. I'm not, I don't put in enough sneak work. into the promo. Yeah, pick. I, don't, I don't do enough work to like actually be certified. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, like it's a, in my spirit. You you're know? like that kid on photo day who just sticks around for all the like student group pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all no. the I talk about pivot way more than I talk about Ergo. Right. You're like I'm in Boy Scouts. I'm in yearbook. I'm in like choir. I'm in drama club. And yeah. I'm in pivot. Exactly. Yeah. Um, right on. So. <laughs> So we had been uh, in communication, you yeah. know, you guys and myself, uh, for a couple weeks now because you guys celebrated your 100th episode, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But, like, we wanted to set up an interview with you guys on this channel and then myself on yeah, yeah, your yeah. program. It's kind of like, like when, like, the Harlem Globetrotters go to, like, Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo, Doo, right, like exactly. Which are we? Are we Scooby-Doo or the Globetrotters? <laughs> we are definitely the Globetrotters. I'm not trying to hear. Am I the Generals? <laughs> no, you right? could be a Globetrotter. So, we, like, we make it problematic. I didn't, I had a couple Sundays that were already booked, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then, like, you guys weren't available for the Sundays that I had open, and then, like, I was going to come on your program, and then, like, that date didn't work. So, like, we've been playing this, like, back-and-forth mm-hmm. email tag for a minute, but we're finally, I think, making, so you glad. guys are here, and I'm going to be on the program. Yeah, a couple on, weeks. I think. October 19? 19th sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Plan. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to the associate producer, Lola. Yeah, Lola uh, made that happen. Ergo squad who's been working very hard on that. So shout out to her. I'm excited to, to have you on. We should just talk about what we're going to talk about then now. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm really interested in, like, digging into your guys' story, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, again, let's start at the beginning. Like, how did this kind of, Well, let's, let's start with this first. Talk about what Ergo is, and then we'll get some backstory on, on how you got involved. Sure. Go ahead, man. Ergo is a radio show and podcast here in Chicago featuring live long-form interviews with artists, organizers, musicians, rappers, singers, creators, folks reshaping the culture of Chicago and our country for the more equitable and the more creative. Damn. That's the, you that's got, like, the, the pitch line. You got the bylaws. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm sorry oh. about that. There we go. Okay. All right. Hello. I'll stop playing with my curls. I got, I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> we can go like full like oh, slumber no. party. And it's like, you know. Yeah, no, I'm twirling on here. I'm not <laughs> calling boys. <laughs> I haven't had curls since I was like three. I'm like really having fun. No, absolutely um, adorable. <laughs> but so yeah, so yeah we've, we've been doing this show for a little over two years now. Mm-hmm. And each week um, we sit down and talk with someone else from our city who's making things that we feel like are kind of in the midst of what, you know, when we started the show and, and for a while ha- has been branded or, or thought about as this renaissance in the city where some of the most, um, like, meaningful and beautiful and innovative art is being made at the same time that some of the more uh, sustainable and radical social movement building is happening in the country. Um, and very often those are the same people doing both. Right. Um, and so the goal from Jump was to get the folks doing that work uh, in a space where they could tell their own stories. Um, and both for this moment, for someone who's going, man, I keep hearing about Chicago, whether it's you know a positive thing or a negative thing, and I don't know where to start. Right. Um, here's an opportunity for folks to tell it in their own words. And then also as, a, as kind of like a first-person uh, primary documents for people in the future trying to understand this moment in the city. Right, absolutely. So, so let's get the backstory now yeah. that we we've got the rundown. And those are like the like that's like the official yeah, no, bylaws version. Yeah, he's got it down to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so let's get some background from each of you. Like, how did the creative work? Because I was reading your bios on the website, and there's a lot to cover there. But like, kind of how did creative work start for you? And then also, let's talk about how broadcast work started mm-hmm. for you because. It sounds like for both of you, Ergo was not the first broadcast project that either of you did. So, so bring us into whoever wants to start, kind of your backstory and your background. Um, yeah, so you know, I grew up. <laughs> this is what he does. Though. He always messes <laughs> with the mic. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm 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 born and raised in Chicago from the South Side. Uh, I grew up doing different performances. You know, I acted. I also did a lot of public speaking. So I, um, I'm really passionate about the work of the show because. Mm-hmm it is connected to like two sides that makes up the whole of me um, in terms of being an artist and also being someone my whole life, but definitely more on the radical side the last three, three to four years, um, politically active. Uh, and so history around radio and broadcast and why this was cool or comfortable for me is uh, my father's an entertainer and a comedian, so he's mm-hmm. been doing radio my whole life. So I used to grow up like going to V103 and WGCI. Oh, and man. And stuff. So, that must have been so cool as a yeah, kid, too. Yeah, yeah. And so very early on, like I had an intimate understanding of radio and broadcast that like you don't and really hyper see local, yeah, yeah. Radio. So like, I would be able to know what time of the hour it was based on when the commercials were coming on, right? Yep. I understood radio when the programming. spots came on, and yeah, <laughs> and, absolutely. And then, and then from there, it just was kind of an experience, a part of like a nostalgic part of childhood. Did like a, a, a morning announcement radio show in high school, um, and then really how we started to orbit each other is because we went to the same college, um, and so I think. Three out of the first four semesters, I had a, a late night radio show that I also broadcast on a Ustream. So it was also kind of like a live talk show mm-hmm. behind the scenes of the music. Um, and, and Kiss was really passionate about the radio station on, on our campus and later became the station head. And so, you know, we knew each other from freshman year, but really around like senior year, once he had like some power and some understanding of the institution, uh, we really started to put together some, some great events that I was able to be a part of as an artist and was able to perform at. Um, and that then began part of our like working relationship. And then he ended up following me here. He, do- he doesn't give me enough credit for relocating this. Nah, I'm joking. It's a piece. And then we started seeing each other in, in the same social setting. So, you know, the artistic community. 
community that was, you know, around the hip hop and the spoken word that has really been like the the, the springboard for this renaissance that's mm-hmm. been happening the last five, seven years and how that was like cross pollinating with, you know, the direct action on the street, you know, you know, resistance movements that were really youth led or young people led. Um, and so us seeing each other in that space and him having the passion to, to keep going, then he put together the concept and had the connections of getting the show going and we've been we've been running ever since. What did I miss? Right on. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you pretty much covered it. All right, when, well, that's it. I would, I would, <laughs> see you later. Yeah, thanks for coming out. No, but I was also doing interviews, uh, as, as was Damon. We actually, uh, our sophomore year, Kids These Days played on campus, mm-hmm. and uh, they were down to do an interview, and uh, Damon interviewed them, and I didn't get to interview them. But I engineered it. Yeah. Um, so I, I often wish I had had that interview where we could have done it together. Yeah, no, think about was, how cool that, that was. That was very been. selfless. You just threw that to me. That was, <laughs> that was well, you knew them. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and which college was this? This is Grinnell College in Iowa. It's in a Iowa. tiny liberal arts school in a town of 9,000, 1,600 students. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot of radio listeners, but uh, a lot of radio time that we put in. But you were able to cut your teeth there. Yeah, for sure. That's for remarkable, sure. though, that like you guys were able to like both find each other in Chicago and then kind of like bring those collective experiences that you gained at the college in Iowa and bring that here Yeah, and, and I make think it, it works, something here. And I think it works beyond just the radio piece, the production piece. Um, we also had kind of s- similar or parallel academic tracks and, and, and just thinking wise and intellectually, we had the same advisor and mentor um, who's still a big part of both of our lives. Um, and, and so, you know, we were kind of, from different positions, thinking about some of the same themes kind of on the content side as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both just are talkers. So, <laughs> yeah. so how did that conversation begin where you guys are like, hey, like we've, we've both obviously done all these things. We know each other. Let's bring it together and make this thing in Chicago. Yeah, so, I mean, I he, love this yeah, he, he hit me up because we had been seeing each other um, in, in different spaces. And he was like, you know, I think I got an idea. And the, like the story of my life is like, not really having things figured out, or I'm a disorganized <laughs> organizer. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I kind of do all of these, like, uh, what's the word, like, um, freelance type things. Right, 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 uh, yeah. And so it was like another thing that sounded really good. And as I, as I have my own, like, as I am very self-critical, wanting to be of value to all the things that I've seen were happening yeah. around me. So, uh, you know, yeah. I, I am an artist. I am a, a you know, a, I'm, I rap and make poetry, uh, but wasn't... F- feeling myself being able to like have a consistent outlet as an individual I was a part of a group um, and so I wanted to be a value to, to the still even though I wasn't in the studio um, to folks that were, were, were making the things and people that I had real love for and then also how to put what was happening musically which I think Chicago gets like highlighted and forefronted for a lot mm-hmm. in direct um, contact with what was happening earlier as like the movement for black lives or the response after Ferguson was coming about and wasn't really publicized yet and I was felt like I was living history right um, and so and so for me it was the, the point y'all made about um, you know like the idea of, of getting on the reader or getting on fake shore right uh, wanting to have a platform that felt like that for an artist so even if even if there's not a lot of fanfare, I wanted to feel like something that was of tangible benefit. An accomplishment, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and then lastly, it'd be something historical. So whether we're talking to Malcolm London or Rick Wilson or Jamila Woods or mm-hmm. you know, all of the amazing organizers that, that are in the city, I feel them as somebody who are going to be like in the history books, right? Or yeah, somebody absolutely. Somebody 20, 30 years from now, we're going to still be talking about. So now that we have this tool, 
of the, of this digital age, right? Like to be able to go back and, and for, capture. If you were able to go back and listen to Rick James at 21 or or Huey right. Newton, right? And like hear them understand and unpack home as they were developing and really coming into their own. Uh, so yeah, that, that that is my perspective. Yes. On how it got started. So I think that like desire to contribute was really big for mm-hmm. both of us. Um, yeah. So. I can't remember if it was before or after. So I'd been dying to get back on the radio. Um, I was working at the Promontory in Hyde Park. Right. And my boss there is one of the format chiefs on WHBK, which is the community station on the UChicago campus that we broadcast out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after working there for three or four months and setting up a lot of chairs and then packing those chairs up at the end of the <laughs> night at 3.30 in yeah, the morning. all the glamorous ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I asked him if I could get on the radio. Basically, I was like, can I pitch you a show? Um, and he said, yeah. So I, I, at that point, I wrote up a little something. It and was I went good, to too. And, he put, oh, I had like, yeah, board, yeah, like, no. a, like a margin, like a b- black border on the one sheet <laughs> with a picture and a logo. It was old thing. It was very official. I, it was in a vanilla envelope. <laughs> oh, my God. So I went to Damon. You could have gotten a grant. Hey, <laughs> well, if you didn't know any grants, oh, <laughs> take grants. Yeah. But uh, so I went to Damon at that point, and I was like, hey, uh, I'd love to, let, let's sit down. Because we hadn't, we'd seen each other around, but we hadn't really mm-hmm. like sat down. So we went to 90 Miles Cuban Cafe on Armitage um, and talked for like two and a half hours, most of which was not about the radio show. Right. It's about what we were reading, about what we were thinking about, just kind of reconnecting. Um, and then at the end, or toward the end, I mentioned the radio show, and Dame said he was down. Um, and we looked over the sheet, and, and then I pitched it, and they said, as long as you are willing to start in the summer when there are no students, you can keep your slot into the fall. So we started July 2015, uh, and we've been on the radio with the exception of maybe like three weeks, mm-hmm. uh, we've put out an episode ever since. I mean, that, and okay, so I know firsthand how like impressive uh-huh, that is. That's a lot of work. I mean, it's no ten, no twelve years like you. But you know, <laughs> but, you know I mean, it's still like that's significant. Yeah, you know, it, so so a couple things. A, I'm I'm really impressed that they gave you the slot without being students at University of Chicago. That's cool. Yeah. So it's a it's a in name like that's unique. In name, it's a community station. So about. Right. A third to half of the shows are done by people who are not in any other way affiliated with the university, which is surprising and is especially surprising considering it's U Chicago, which doesn't give like to give a whole lot of things to people that are not (laughs) (laughs) either staff, faculty, or students. Um, But you know that's part of what radio does, right? Is it's it's this accessible form um, that if people are willing to open the door to it literally open the door like anyone can walk in that room and go on the radio so well and it, yeah at its best it's an equalizer and it's a voice for the community which you guys are doing yeah that's the that's the hope and that and the station has a pedigree of that right so mm-hmm. it was the first station in chicago to ever play hip-hop on the radio um before the commercial stations would play it there was right. an engineering student named jp chill who would go up there and play rap records and get them sent to him from def jam in the late 80s and stuff like that um so trying to ca- tap into that um and also uh, you know, thinking about physically where we situated, so trying to have multiple entry points. So if someone, especially two and a half years ago, has never heard of a podcast, right? You want to be able to say, "Hey, we have a radio show." That yeah. means something, and vice right. versa. That's something they can understand. Yeah, because I know firsthand how hard it is to be like, "Come on, my podcast," and people are like, "What does that mean?" Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. it's a hard sell. Until now, the sell has suddenly gone from being yeah. very difficult to people being like, 
I too have a podcast, but like every single person I, I talk to every week now is like, well, on my podcast, we're going to blah. And I'm like, wait a minute. When did yeah, this yeah. happen? Well, so, this is what has yeah. happened. Nobody, yeah, it's, nobody's listened to it. We're all just making the ones. No, no, no. But I, th- I mean, no, people, people are, are definitely listening. Are listening you well, know? That, that is the, uh, there was a New Yorker cartoon that says, I just feel like there's too much podcasting and not enough pod listening. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Chicago also, like, I think it's really interesting. The, the college radio kind of resume of Chicago, it's like, there's a lot of impressive stations that have done really important work here. Like, you look at Loyola College Radio, WLUW, and they've always done really great community-driven programming. Um, Triton, WRIG's radio station, has always been, like, really... in the game than we are. Dude, I mean, this is, this is my background. Like, I came <laughs> up with this stuff, and, like, Triton was always, like, really cool, like, definition of, like, cool underground college rock. Like, they just really embraced, like, everything about that. And, and it was just, like, it was exactly what you thought of for, like, college radio. And, like, WZRD, I believe it is, yeah, at Northwestern, yeah, which yeah. I've never done. Yeah, but, like, yeah. they, NUR, yeah, 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 NUR, I think they gave the Pumpkins their first radio interview, wow. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, so, it like, served it's, a very important yeah. role, right? There was a time, and specifically on the hip-hop end, like, there was a, which is in many ways our lens musically, like, there was a period of time where that was like a uh, a viable way um, to break pathway to breaking it. Totally, college radio DJs was you know pivotal. So when we interviewed Stretch and Bobito, who were very influential to right. our show, for sure, and they you know Bob remembers sending Def Jam promo vinyls to JP Chill, not out of not as a favor because that was how Def Jam artists were trying to get on. Right. Totally um, before the internet, like yeah. if you were getting played on college radio, like it's kind of like a blog now. Like, if you were, or maybe a blog five years ago, mm-hmm. like, if you were on a blog five years ago, it wasn't the same as getting put on rotation on the radio. It wasn't the same as, like, getting on a major blog, like, maybe Consequence of Sound or on a Spotify playlist, but it still was a look. Yeah. And college radio, especially, like, prior to, I don't know, like, college radio for a long time has been this thing where, like, if you can get on college radio, that's a start. Yeah. That's, like, that's the thing you put, a, when you don't have a lot else to put on your resume yet. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do is give someone the first thing on the resume. You know? Right. Yeah. So, okay. So you have the program. It's Thursdays at noon mm-hmm. on uh, 80... 885. And then it's uh, available later that afternoon on SoundCloud and iTunes. And we just Man, you guys turn those around really quick. Well, something else that's exciting now is now we're starting to syndicate. Uh, okay. On an online platform based out of the UK called Wizard Radio. Oh, nice. Yeah, so and they, they actually get, get like live listens in like parts of West Germany and... <laughs> Part, wow. parts of Germany and throughout like Western Europe so it's cool we actually are starting to get like uh, a little bit of a, a global listenership as well that's, that's, that's amazing sorry I just said well for anyone listening to this yeah, later like, it sounded like there was an accident outside but <laughs> yeah. there wasn't um, that so was that's that green line train I know that was amazing though like that you guys have this indication because there's a lot of great networks now that are in the spirit of college radio popping up online that are syndicating like you know people like yourselves who have like a professionally done product or people who are like Maybe kind of amateur or like beginner broadcasters, oh, but they're just we, passionate. We amateur Damn. professional line. I no, no, no. That. You guys are producing a professional product <laughs> yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. But I'm saying like, there's some people who I see like who are like maybe using like a dash radio or something yeah. like that, and they they don't have a straight quote unquote radio platform, but right. they got the online thing, and that's their version of college right. radio and starting out. Yeah. And yeah. that's I think that stuff's really cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like you know, we're kind of talking about the the like the marriage of analog and digital in in some way. So the, yeah, there's there's the like the weight and the like the just check of being on the radio, being on airwaves that like just it means something. To, but you know, really the the 
the core of what we, we are catering towards is that online listenership. So that on demand. That, the stuff that's coming from SoundCloud and iTunes um, definitely <laughs> is in like that. You know, people hear it on 88.5, but that's definitely where we get the most direct response. And for sure. And that stuff extends beyond just the show. So, like on SoundCloud, in addition to the podcast, we also have uh, a DJ mix series I do. Mm-hmm. And we do these WeGo mixtapes. We compile the live on air performances into compilation mixtapes. We've done three of those. And those, like, that's a great, dis- has been a great discovery tool. So, like, someone who types in Raven Linnae on SoundCloud. They can find this live performance of Raven Linnae. And again, that's also in like that lineage of like stretching Bobito and these tapes and stuff like that. Totally. Absolutely. So, you know, me being like a broadcast radio podcast kind of geek, like I love this stuff. Like I I just want to dig into like these logistics. Like I'm so, I love that stuff. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe not everybody who interviews you guys might not have that radio like nerd tip. So (laughs) let's talk about the schedule you're keeping because you're producing these like every single week. Uh You guys are... If I'm in a guest, you're booking the guests, you're like, you're showing up live to the actual physical space, and then you're like doing, I would imagine, some level of production or editing or something like that, and then putting that out pretty quickly. So, like, yeah. bring us into the actual process of this. What are the logistics that go into actually producing an episode week after week after week? He's the mad scientist over here, so. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> this is definitely kind of the, the, the tangible production. Yeah, in your face. <laughs> the tangible production, boing boing with the curls, uh, is yeah, is definitely like falling on my side. I do other radio stuff in addition to this. So I produce a uh, podcast for the Poetry Foundation and mm-hmm. various other things here. So like that, that side's kind of mine. I'd say we work together to book the guests mm-hmm. for about fifty fifty um, with uh, our associate producer. Basically, we reach out to someone if they say yes. If we do it the way we designed it, we pass that contact to her. Mm-hmm. She gets it on the schedule, uh, gives a reminder, stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, so about 90% of the episodes we record live off the radio. Right. Um, and the thing that makes it possible to do it at this pace is we don't really edit the like content of the interview. I'll go in and clean it up. I have a couple like filters that right, go right, right. Home. And then if we played music, I'll like replace the music with the actual song rather than the recording of the song off the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's just, you know, basically by Thursday at eight, the podcast is always up and we go off the air at one. Yeah, and, um, and part of that consistency, like to not beyond the technical side, is really about the you know being immersed into the community. Right. So you know, it's really a miracle, or not a miracle. It's really actually the product of like the the model of how we try to approach that. Like every week, we've been able to have somebody, and a lot of times, it's like going through the, the your, your contacts. You know, the week of, or you know, there's two or three people you got to reach out to, and there was something kind of like, uh, you know, run around with a, you know, chicken with the head cut off type of situation. But it was really because we have relationships with these people, and, yeah. and you know, we, you know, we, we in our different ways have figured out a way to show up, um, which made it easier. I think if we were just like coming from a more like journalistic removed objective you don't know us but here's this platform it's a hard pitch it would have been harder to to have folks plugged in especially in a major market right so you know when we were in college and we wanted to interview someone and i did a lot of interviews with people touring through that was always through a publicist or you know sure they went from uh from you know mick to kendrick to chance to all these folks who came through on tour who i sat down with but that was always a manager or publicist Right, because there was nobody else that they were going to be doing interviews with, so they're like, right. "Why the hell not?" You're the only, yeah, <laughs> only game in, the, in town, right? The, the, in the, state, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, within the cornfield, I'm the only one. But here, where you know people do, if you're if you're going through the press circuit, 
Um, we'll just have jobs and like right. Life. We'll have someone to go at Thursday <laughs> at noon. Like this is a, a tougher. There's so much. So, but when it's you know, hey, I mean, and we have some flexibility. We have a, 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 a relationship. We're part of a podcast collective called Post Loudness here that has a re- yeah Post Loudness who work with the Chicago Podcast Co-op. You got it through Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, yeah I'm so part of the have, CPC as well. Oh, cool! So we yeah. have access to their studio. We record a couple God. over there. Cards, no, not to detour. Cards Against Humanity. No, they're getting it. They, got, they have a. Gorgeous no. studio. They, they had a great studio before, and then they, had no idea they fixed it up. Cards That's a lot of games. The way that man, people play that game. Yeah. That Shout out Alex Cox like at Cards Against Humanity. Man. The work that her and the team have done there no, is staggering. It, bag. it is bag against humanity. Yeah. Their, sta- <laughs> their studio is nicer than some radio stations yeah, I've seen. Free snacks all the time, man. Yeah, on, they are. On. They no, do it at top notch. Shout out! Shout out to Cards Against yeah, Humanity. Yeah. So, so you guys, and I didn't know that you had the post liveness connection. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so, so I think that, that that helps a little bit when there's someone who can't be a Thursday. Like we had Joseph Chilliams on a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and he has a job. Um, right. Thursdays at noon. So uh, we talked with him on another date and then played it live uh, on the radio off the recording. Sure, which and is that- fun. But you know, but the the turnover on it and it also helps like for both of us people who do not have like the same routine every day. Mm-hmm. I think just like emotionally and just. Almost spiritually, yeah, like it's this not, it's like been, church. <laughs> it has been so important for us to have this piece of the routine um, through, you know, two and a half, almost two and a half years of like very up in the air, volatile, change, fast changing times in our lives. Well, um, it's it's to me like when I I always walk away from doing these kind of things, like I feel refreshed, I feel recharged, I feel excited, I feel like very fortunate to get to do this because I, you know, I'm like you guys, like I'm a yeah. broadcast geek, I love doing this, so it's like to me at least it it always feels like I'm like recharging, yeah. you know, it's like when your phone hits that, like you can unplug, like you've charged now yeah. versus like, <laughs> you know, sometimes like a day before I get to this, I'm like, dude, I'm at 3%. Like I got to plug in. So yeah, I'm, I'm always on the low power mode. I'm right. Like, I guess in life and on my phone. It's that little thing where it starts like popping up, like, you know, mode. yeah. Power saver mode. <laughs> um, stays, yeah. So you guys hit 100 episodes a few weeks in back. July, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is oh, man already in July. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Know, it's been a minute. Yeah, we're, we're at one ten now. So that's not so like a hundred episodes is a big deal. That's an accomplishment because Dang. I think a lot of people start getting syndicated. It's like a Seinfeld like reunion. Oh yeah, absolutely. Show. That's when you hit that mark. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but I think a lot of people right now, these it's never been easier to start any kind of creative endeavor. There's blogs, there's video, there's mm-hmm. SoundCloud, there's everything. It's never been easier to start. But I think a lot of people, no matter what their creative concentration is. If they get three weeks in, if they get two months in and they're not, like, bringing in immediate money, if they don't already have a million followers on whatever platform, they just give up because they're like, oh, this should have happened by now. iTunes is littered with four-episode podcasts. That's, like, And and there's so many blogs that have, like, six entries or, like, two months' worth of... So, like, 100 episodes, two years in, that's an accomplishment that this is still going. Yeah, Yeah, I think to the point of, like, expectations, I think it's because we had very set... That's what part of what we were for. We have very set, very crisp goals and expectation objectives mm-hmm. we want this to be. Um, neither one of us really care too much about money, uh, at least well, at least in relationship to this work. Right. Um, so it was you know, if we were looking to monetize it, it probably would be a little bit more frustrating. Uh, but we created a, a bar that we were able to reach, and then having that blend of actually being on the radio. So there was a, a slot that we're responsible for. Like even if right. we did you got to show up. Yeah. And so having that type of consistency or that type of structure laid out for us has is been I think the the the, the driving force to our consistency. It keeps you accountable. Yeah. Like you know you gotta show up at this time because 
that's you. Yeah. yeah. That, that being said, I do think we're at an interesting moment right now with it, um, of just figuring out whether it's formally with the show or just creatively as a partnership, like where we want to be moving and, and mm-hmm. thinking about what what are what are the next steps uh, now that we've in reached that? our goal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had a moment right around the hundredth going into we we're doing an interview with someone, and Damon goes, "Yeah." We never talked about how this was going to end. <laughs> right. You know, we yeah, had a like goal, we had a whole plan, and we never <laughs> talked about the end. So, you know, we, we still don't. But, I mean, if, if you had to just, you know, just throwing it out there, like, where would you like to see the platform go? Where would you like to see the medium or your message or your content or your conversation go? Um, yeah, I mean, I think one thing that we talk about the most is figuring out how to um, get it into written form. So whether it's, it's transcription or analysis, right? Like, right. Because... Part of creating the historical archive of this time uh, is not only for like a few decades from now, but all of these voices are in conversation with each other. And we developed somewhat of a theory of like some common threads of questions mm-hmm. that people from a lot of different pr- perspectives and experiences are, are like answering a lot of the, the same concepts or, 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 or in dialogue with, with, the the same, same with the same yeah. concepts. Yeah, there's that thorough line, there's that continuity. So, so I would love to see, either, I mean, we could be you know, more proactive and just do it ourselves, but I think it would be cool for a third party um, to kind of take all the work and take it as like a, an original text to then make a claim about what has been happening with these you know, young, powerful voices that, that we've been censoring. And then I think something that is, is less comfortable or we have not figured out um, as much is the, the possibility of some type of visual video impact, whether it's shorts mm-hmm. or, you know, I don't think we want to like live record the entire episode or stream it um, to kind of keep some of the, the concentration around, around audio. Sure. Uh, but figuring out how to maybe go to that like next dimension of engaging people's brains. Because even I myself struggle to listen to things without a visual. Oh, yeah, Damon's never listened to a podcast, ours <laughs> or otherwise. I didn't want to That's say amazing. it on someone else's podcast, <laughs> but I didn't want to. I can sound like I'm dissing the four. No, uh, but, you know, it's, like, it's some people are <laughs> no, really visual. Yeah, some people are really visually driven. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm in just, I've always been, like, an audio guy. And, like, even doing this live stream that people are watching, I do this because it it reaches an audience. It's a good tool. It's a good promotional thing. But, like, I am not that guy who wants to be, like, visual. Like, I grew up listening to radio. I grew up working in radio. I wanted to be in the audio arts, you know? Yeah. So, like, this is a secondary thing that, like, I, it you helps. know, I've got no, nothing look, wrong it with it. Help, yeah. And, yeah, I know it helps. But it's, like, I never was, like, I want to be the host of a live stream. You yeah. know, like, that was never my, like, first goal with any of this. Well, that's good because they didn't have live streams then, bro. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's like we started live streaming like five years ago and it was even that was like so rudimentary yeah, versus yeah. what it is now. On some Ustream shit. But I mean... Yeah, we were using Ustream. I think the other piece of what uh, at least I'm trying to figure out how to do and it's something that Damon actually has more experience in than me in than I do is uh, taking these skills and doing them beyond just our show. We're doing them live. So like doing live... Uh, mm-hmm. Like Q&As and interviews So like when right. speakers come to town Whether it's a humanities festival Or you know other kind of Thinker conversations Because right, often right, right. those end up The interview pieces of those end up being really really bad Because mm-hmm. it's someone who either was involved In bringing them there Or it's someone who's a writer in their own regard And not an interviewer um, And I think that that's a very fertile ground um, And interviewing is a skill Oh, yeah. Not everybody realizes that But interviewing is absolutely a skill Yeah, no, and there's, there's theory behind it And if you want to learn that you got to book us to come to your college And we do those as there well There you go um, I'm just getting all the plugs in No, in do it, do it uh, Which has been actually something You know, it's been really uh, Something that I think has taken Our intentionality of the work to the next level Is the fact that And again, like I, I credit, you know Daniel with a, with a lot of like 
the, the brain sh- sh- birthing <laughs> right. of, 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 of the way that we're working because uh, being able to take it to live components because it started with us doing like these live events at the Silver Room just mm-hmm. more of like a promotional marketing and just like a celebration totally. of community thing uh, but then to like more commodify or package the work that we're doing and to be able to bring folks with us and be able to put resources in, in some of our guest pockets. So folks like also a Kenya, Rick Wilson, we got mm-hmm. a gig coming up with Tasha and David Ellis and then another one, another one with the Kenya. So whenever we go, if there's the bread to, we go to a college, we do a workshop. We also bring an artist we've had on the show with us to perform. So that's so cool. So it's really, it's really cool because we get to not only talk about conversation as a political art and bringing the theory and like some of the, the technique that we're using to have some, some really exciting conversations, but also being able to talk about what's going on in the world, right? Because um, this show did not come out of a vacuum, right? It, it came It's from, a response. Yeah, it came from, from it's a response and, and a contribution. And proactivity, mm-hmm. right? right. It's, 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 it's responsive and proactive. Um, and so it, it came from, from, you know, political movement building and, and resistance and you know as we are like kind of dancing around just the 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 the, the turmoil the tumultuous climate we're in globally right now uh you know we we are fortunate to have some skills and some experience uh to be able to to impart or be able to give some guidance or at least some structure to how to compute and how to think about things in a more radically imaginative way, especially on college campuses where there's always this like group of it's 10 to 15 people who just hate, really like, progressive, just hate like everybody that's going on, everybody's right. on that level. And they, in the end, you know, it could be a small room, but it really has, a, you could see the value it has for students. I think it makes us take what we do on air a little bit more seriously. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. When you see the effect it actually has on the community and on younger minds. Yeah. Absolutely, man. That's, and that's so meaningful and it means so much. Um, right on. So Thursday, or yeah, Thursdays at noon. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me the station. Sure, WHBK eighty-eight five. Uh, it's also ergoradio.com, A-I-R-G-O radio, um, and at Ergo Radio on everything. Um, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, iTunes, iTunes all those. The whole situation on October twentieth. We're doing a free gig at Loyola University of Chicago. Nice. It's a live interview and concert with David Ellis, who's a really great rapper, and Tasha, who is a beautiful, wonderful singer. Um, if you happen to be in the D.C. area, we'll be at Georgetown with the Kenya on the 21st. Um, or we also keep an open-door policy on the station. So if you ever want to come through Thursday at noon and just hang out, see looking lights. at you, come see it. Yeah. And, and man, the lights, <laughs> the lights are literally like, <laughs> get the, get like, you know, like hooking us off the stage. That's um, wrap it up, B. <laughs> right. Like the music's starting to play. <laughs> wrap it up. Um, but, look like I left a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm excited because on October 19th, I'm going to guest on, on your yeah, guys' program. Yeah, and like, yeah. I'm really looking forward to doing that. Like continuing, like I feel like the flip side of this, like the B side of this conversation, yeah, like yeah. the reverse of it. I'm going to um, be busy that week. So we're I'm not going to be as nice. I'm just going to write down the questions you wrote and read those back <laughs> to you. Please, by all means, man. Perfect. I'll be like, oh, I know how to answer these. <laughs> um, no, but that'll be fun. Because cool. it's like, I, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. I'm behind the mic so much where I'm like leading the questions that yeah. I like, I feel like I don't really get to do very often like kind of the answering part. Oh, this yeah. is fun. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's a blast. It's so. cool to be able to like tell, I think, your side of the mm-hmm. experience instead of just asking everyone else about their yeah. thing. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. sometimes we, you know, we try, that's something that like, that was a critique early of like, not a critique, but advice of like, make sure to put yourself in, in it. Sure, sure, sure. To figure out the balance of doing that while also trying to center the guests. So like, not wanting to like sully the, the platform, but also not wanting to be removed from it. So figuring out that balance is difficult. So yeah, because cool I think this, that this space. from listening to your guys' episodes, your personalities definitely come through. 
for like, better or for worse. <laughs> no, absolutely for better. Like I, nobody wants to listen to a host that like they don't care about. Yeah, yeah. It's you always know. driven me crazy when people do, especially yeah, just interviews in general where they edit the interviewer out, and I, that's always driven. I know it's a style, then it's just the office. That's, yeah, that's driven me. That drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you got to. <laughs> yeah, like if only it was the office. Shout out to Jim and Pam. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, like the office is great, but it's like yeah, I like <laughs> interviews where. The interviews that I love listening to, like the host is like yeah. in the soup with it, you yeah. know? Let's talk about The Office. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're going to launch our collaborative podcast, podcast yeah, about yeah. The Office. In, oh, the, man, office. in no. the Office on The Office. <laughs> yeah. From we the Cards Against Humanity offices. We don't need any more niche podcasts. They get, they get too specific. Right? <laughs> People are like, you know you're seven years late on this, right? They're saying it's coming. Well, let's not. Let's not go oh, that way. Yeah. Really? That's the rumor yeah. that, that it could be coming back. Who knows? Everything comes back. Yeah. yeah, but that's what's great about podcasting and about digital media, and that's why we need more young creators because we don't need like like okay, listen, I grew up in the '90s, I love the X Files, but I saw a season tra- like a trailer for season eleven of the X Files today, and I'm like, look, fifty percent of me is like, oh, cool, warm comfort food nostalgia. Fifty percent of me is like, let it die, like let it die, like we don't need to like let things go on forever. You so have it's the internet now, like you can Google shit. We X-Files got the internet. Yeah, 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 it's the least scary thing going on. <laughs> you can't have secrets anymore. But it's like it's great that there's people who are creating new things, who are constantly putting out new work into the into the world and into the community. And I know yeah. the Ergo is doing that. So I'm really glad we got to have you guys up Thank and start this so conversation, much, guys. Much love, much love. Excited to uh, excited to continue it and just talk about the office for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my interview is just going to be about the office. <laughs> Perfect. Um, right on Ergo.com. Ergoradio.com. Ergoradio.com. Ergo.com is like some sort of like ventilation system. <laughs> sure. That makes sense. Ergo also, Radio. He's Ergo Daniel I'm on Ergo Twitter. Daniel. Mm-hmm. I'm Damon underscore AF. We're individual people as well. Absolutely. Right. Even though we don't tweet that much. No, but you guys are there. <laughs> and uh, you. Oh, wow. but you have more followers than me. <laughs> Something's not right here. Ergoradio.com, where everyone can find all the resources. You guys make it very easy to find all the content there. I love it. Uh, thank you guys both for coming up. Thank, thank you, you much, for having us. Appreciate you. you Absolutely. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.